What is up, you beautiful human? Hello and welcome back to the Raw, Real and Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Beck Antonucci. I am so excited for you to tune into this episode today because so many women are coming into my world now and desiring to walk their own unique path and desiring to create more for themselves, whether it's more experiences, more life, more pleasure, more abundance, more money, more travel. They're desiring to do something that is the path that's less walked. Now, there's something that I want to tell you about the path that's less walked, and it's something that my mentor, Preston Smiles, has said to me and our entire community many, many, many times, that there is no traffic along the extra mile, which means when you put in that work, that extra work, and I'm not saying that we have to do this from hustle mode and all the things that everyone's talking about on the internet right now, but when you do put in the extra work, there is no traffic along the extra mile, whatever that extra mile looks like for you. And I'm really proud, something that I'm really truly proud of, and I think you all know this, is the success that I have created in my business and how I did it. The reason that I'm so proud of it is because I really did get myself to rock bottom. But what I feel is so beautiful about rock bottom is that if someone can hit rock bottom and create from that place, then someone else can do that too. I wasn't handed opportunities on a platter. I wasn't given life on a platter. I was born into a lot of privilege. I'm a white woman. I'm a beautiful white woman born into a beautiful, loving family. That comes with its own layers and levels of privilege. And yet I still got myself into tricky and sticky scenarios that felt really hard to navigate and really challenging to be with. And I broke my way through and free from them and out of them. What I love about that is it paves a path of possibility for every other woman in the Western world who is desiring to create something for herself. And so today's episode is not about me. It's a guest episode, but there's so much resonance within this woman and my own journey as well. This woman, her name is Tamara Maya. She is beautiful. She's so inspiring. She's creating massive impact online. She is a fast friend who has such a value for teamwork and pouring into people and making people feel really empowered and creating possibility within that person. What I love about Tamara's journey is she actually started off as homeless. Now she has a massive empire and she's supporting other humans all around the world to build their own. But I just love, it excites me to know that someone started from essentially nothing or someone can start from being homeless and create from that place. And like I said, the reason why I love it so much is we're all looking for evidence. If someone else can do it, can I do it? Tamara and I both have our own unique journeys and our own unique versions of rock bottom. And we have both created for ourselves. We've created massive impact. We've created massive impact and transformation for others too, through us navigating our own rock bottom and building from that place. So I truly hope that you stay from beginning all the way through the end and you seek inspiration, whether you're looking to create a business or just something from your life. Remember that there is no traffic along the extra mile, which means if you put in the work, anything that you desire is possible. There is infinite possibility in this world. And I really hope that this plants a seed of potential inspiration, activation within you to really commit to whatever unique life path is calling you forward. It's scary. It's brave. It's terrifying. It's liberating. It's all of the things. But I really feel if you're here in my space right now, this is what the fuck you're here for. You're here for your unique life, lived your unique way, not subscribing to society, not subscribing to the rules that society tried to 
force us to comply to not subscribing to the box that society tried to fit us in. We are desiring to recreate the box. We never wanted to be in the box in the first place. And now this is our time to really own who we are and map out our own unique lives. If you love this episode, please screenshot it, share it to your story, tag both myself and Tamara because I know we will both love to connect with you. This is one hell of a guest episode. Strap yourself in. Let's fucking go. I intentionally put on pink today for the queen herself, Tamara Maya. Welcome to Raw, Real and Vulnerable. Oh my God, I love you so much. And as you said that, I really did try and find all my pink stuff. They're all in the wash. I've just been in like hot pink mode and filming everything, but I am in peach. So I love that we're in the same sort of vibrant energy. Thank you for having me. Oh my God, you look incredible and I have loved connecting with you. I've loved receiving your voice notes. I've loved sharing time with you and we've only shared a short time together so far. And I'm actually so excited to dive so deep into your life and everything that you've created for yourself and your journey. I would love just so that the audience can get to feel your brilliance and your power and your brightness. You just glow. Who is Tamara Maya and what is it that you do in the world? Ah, thank you, beautiful girl. Who am I? Yeah, so... I am a business mentor. I am a keynote speaker. And what I love to do in the world is to really help and support men and women or kings and queens to really show up and build their brand authenticity in the online space, even if they have a small following. And I'm so big on storytelling and I'm so big on supporting them in their journey in the online space with social media strategy. And with that comes marketing and sales training and finding your voice. Because I find a lot of people when they begin a business, they just kind of go all in and they either lose a sense of who they are, or maybe they never knew who they were to begin with and how that sort of reflects in their business, and then they lose their voice. And so I have really found this beautiful dream of mine to really, one, build people's empires in the online space, but from this authentic place where they can actually use their story to really connect with their audience and build an amazing brand and business. So that is my biggest fucking passion, and I'm so inspired by it. And I just truly believe so many people deserve to have that empire, whatever that looks like for each individual. And I feel based on what I've been through in my upbringing my whole life, a lot of people may assume that it's just been something that's been handed to me from the very beginning, but it's not the case. And I know everyone who has been through the ups and downs of life have a story and that can be a really great way to build a brand in business. So that's me. Mm, And that's exactly why I really desired for you to be on the show because I know from the few messages that you sent me, you haven't just stepped into success. You didn't just wake up one day and be like, oh, look at God just gifting me all of this success and all of this wealth and all this pink and all this brightness on a platter. Thank you. I'm going to claim it. And a lot of my audience who are listening, they desire to walk a path that's really unknown and it can feel really terrifying. Maybe they don't know what that is yet, but they can feel this energy of there is something more for me than the life that I have right now. And so I would love to really hone in on, I know you say that everyone has a story. I would love to really hone in on that so that you can essentially be the permission slip for every woman out there. I think if anyone started at the bottom and been able to absolutely claim their mission, and when I look at you, I see a woman who is so turned on and lit up by her mission that other women can then hit rock bottom feel that energy of desire for their mission and be able to create. So can we go into that? Oh my God, fuck yeah, we can. And 
thank you so much, babe. You know, God didn't just grant me, here's your life, good luck, <laughs> yeah. um, and hand things to me. And it's funny, I used to always say as a little girl, like, God, why is this happening to me? God, why is this happening to me? You know, I was in such victim mentality for so many years. And if I was to explain in the best way possible, just to give the audience context, the best way I can even think of how my life was like was almost like a gypsy life. First of all, I wasn't born in Australia. I was born in Germany. My mum is from Brazil. My dad was born in Australia, but he lived in Germany his whole life when he was in the military. And that's obviously why I was conceived over there. And because he was in the military and because he was constantly changing job careers, he was also a very, very addictive gambling addict. We went through life constantly moving around. We lived in so many different houses growing up. I probably lived over 30 different houses because he was either accumulating a lot of money or he was spending it. And so I would find times where my father would go into my room and look through my drawers for money. And that's basically what life was like for us. It was very stagnant. It was very traumatic. For me, it was kind of like, well, this is normal for me. And so growing up, I always saw the hardships of life. I saw my parents fighting all the time and my dad obviously going from one job to another. So there was always this weird and hardship energy. And my mum was so beautiful because and I guess this could be really common for a lot of people growing up or even with what their parents may have brought them to understand. She didn't want us to witness our hardship. She didn't want people to know. And she always wanted to obviously protect ourselves from what was going on. But I was a very hyperactive kid and she saw that there was something in me from a very young age and she put me into dancing when I was three. And it was basically my way of when I reflect on it, sort of escaping everything that was going on. It was my stage because if you think about it, my mum always taught us, don't tell anyone what's going on. Don't show people what we're going through. We moved from Germany to Australia when I was four years old. I was still dancing every single day from a young age and life was like an acting performance for us. You know, we'd go to school, pretend everything was fine, and we would face a lot of hardships back at home. There was a lot of money scarcity talk around my upbringing. Dad would borrow money from me. He had this habit of having to always lose his job and find a new one. And I think the most pinnacle moment in my life was when I was 12 years old. I remember my mum and my brother, we came back home from school. I was in year seven then. My brother was three years younger. And we were living in West Pennant Hills. I still remember the house very vividly. And it actually comes up in my dreams all the time. And she went to open the door with the key and it didn't open. And it was a bit weird at the time and asked me to open it with my key and it didn't open. And it was probably the first time that I saw my mom show her true colors, her true feelings of fear and despair. She calls my dad and was like, I can't get into the house. And from that moment, he said, well, yeah, I haven't been able to pay the bills of where we were living for so many years. It caught up to us. And at the time, we were kicked out of our home. And the next day, the sheriffs came, took all our belongings. I watched my bed, my furniture, my everything just like leave the home. And we were on the streets, like we had nowhere to go. And it was a big moment for me and for anyone listening. There's a moment where you witness everything all at once. And it was probably the first time in my life where. I really understood perseverance and I really understood what it felt like to lose everything. And I feel from that very big moment at 12 was almost this 
this desire where I was never going to go through that again. And I never wanted to experience anything like that for my future family. And fast forward now, it's probably why every single day I show up for my clients, for my business, for my partner, for my loved ones, because we all deserve to have this amazing life. And when you experience having everything being taken away from you, it really puts things into perspective. That is such a powerful story. Thank you so much, Tam, for sharing so authentically, so vulnerably. That is essentially what I really wanted the women to hear. I know you sent me a voice memo. When we see your Instagram, it's glamorous. You are glamorous. Like your energy is so big, so beautiful, so bright. So like, oh, exquisite. And it's so easy to pass judgment. Like, oh, she's just got it easy. She's beautiful. Therefore, success is easy for her. She is this. Therefore, success is easy for her. But at 12, when you sent me that voice memo to say, well, once I was homeless, that really shows all of us that we can hit this pivotal pinnacle moment of rock bottom and make an internal choice. Like, What do you believe was the decision your 12-year-old made about her life in that moment as she watched everything being stripped away? And it's beautiful for you to say that. There are so many times growing up where things were thrown at me where you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough, and I can sit here and say all the things that I experienced and you'd look at me and go, really? And one big thing that I've always believed in, even when I was 12, people can go through hardships and it can make them be really angry at the world or angry and resentful and use this as like, well, fuck, why do I need to work on myself? Or fuck this. I can resent every single person around me and resent the people that are succeeding. But I always had this thing where I know that if I can work on myself and truly just embody the work at the same time, show people that you can follow your dreams. I just knew that in that moment that there was another way. I didn't know how and I didn't know what to do, but I felt that there was going to be life lessons along the way, like connecting the dots. Put it this way, right? I wasn't even able to speak English when I was eight years old. And that was one thing I remember also when I was young that for a while, there was a limiting belief. My parents were pulled up once when I was a little girl at school and they said to me, Tamara is passionate and she's loud and she's confident, but she doesn't know how to read, write or speak English because my mum always taught us how to speak in German and Portuguese, but English was also her third language. So, you know, throughout everything that I've been through, and I'm sure everyone listening, there's always these little golden nuggets and signs and it's where you get the opportunity to look within rather than going, well, this is happening for me or is it happening to me? And I find that a lot of people have moments where they can actually reflect and connect the dots to see where they have come from. And that becomes an empowering thing. And for everyone listening too, we all have this opportunity to look within through those journeys that we get to explore on our upbringing, right? Love that. I mean, I've got so many penny drop moments from my life that in hindsight, I'm just like, oh, God put that there for me. It was such a big initiation to call me forward to my greatest liberation. I was sharing with you very honestly around the breakup and how challenging it has been for me and my personality has been at war with it. But I know like my truth is God has put this on my plate right now for my biggest initiation, for my greatest liberation. Just in the right now moment, my personality is at war with it. However, I know in months and years to come, I'm going to be able to reflect on it and see the beauty in all the pain that I've been navigating. So for you, Tan, what was the process from you're homeless at 12, you witness everything get stripped away, you finally learn how to speak English, you're breaking free from these limiting beliefs around not being smart, not being pretty, everything that 
a lot of us carry as women. What was the process from homeless to just absolutely fucking murdering it in your mission? Well, what is that? How do we do that? I'm like, right, how do I reverse engineer it and create a framework around this, babe? <laughs> six weeks to a six pack. Give it to me. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Well, we're going to be here for a really long time. Not an hour and a half, but you know what? We've got 45. <laughs> I have to say, though, babe, fuck, breakups as well. You are such a queen for obviously being so transparent on this. I always find just when you're in it, it's like, this is a shit show. This hurts, but you know, it's always going to bring something so beautiful whenever time frame that is. So I just had to drop that in. Because- well, it's so funny because I thank you so much. I ask every guest before we start, what's hot on your heart? And you even said showing up even when we don't always feel like it, or even when the world isn't presenting sunshine and rainbows. And I'm in a new villa and I was just talking to a woman just before I jumped on the podcast and she was like, oh, what do you have today? And I said, oh, I have a launch for my signature program and it's amazing. And the group of women I've called in is absolutely exquisite. And there's a part of me that's like, you should be doing better. And then my head coach said to me, Rebecca, you've created all of this brilliance in the midst of one of the biggest hardships of your life. This is incredible. So I feel like God, it continues to send me little signs to you as well. However, this podcast is entirely about you today. So give us the three steps tomorrow. Give it to me. To be honest, guys, I just remember that I was going through still finding who I was in those process once I became homeless and then obviously then going from perseverance. But I feel like when I was in the acting and dance world and I was able to escape my reality, I realized through the process of that there was a lot of stuff that I was going through by suppressing things and keeping it all in. And, you know, while I say to you guys, I always show up no matter what's going on, there was this different sort of showing up when I was younger. It was basically putting it all down and not actually being able to express what was going on in my life because for so many years it was just like one thing after the other, put it down, put it down, put it down. It just kept stacking up. And so I think the biggest process I realized from being homeless to stepping into the dance and acting world professionally, then stepping into the fitness world and then being a business coach, the biggest thing that I learned throughout that was there was a massive pinnacle moment where I actually had a panic attack at an audition where everything from what had happened in my upbringing to then sort of came crumbling down and I had to take time away from what I thought was my passion, which was dancing and acting. And I had to take some time off to really reflect on what it is I wanted to do, but I actually hung my dance shoes up that moment. And I realized in the process of perseverance and this message that I always had was follow your dreams. You can be whatever you want to be if you truly believe. Yet the person I was back then was this really sad little girl, depressed, avoiding the actual inner work. And I was on still knocks at 21 years old. I was heavily medicated. I had depression and anxiety. And here was me being this show up facade woman as a dancer actor, pretending to be this amazing human, but deep down I wasn't. So the process was I had to basically unlearn and relearn everything from a new perspective of showing up as my actual fucking self. Because when I was a dancer and actor, I wasn't. And through that, I stepped into the fitness side of things. Another layer of that, I even wrote it down, is your mum specifically said to you, don't tell anyone what's going on. So you have so many layers and imprints as a child of belief systems 
told to you, taught to you by a primary caregiver, Tamara, we don't tell anyone what's going on behind closed doors. Then you're put into the dance world where everything is a performance. So it makes complete sense. It's like, of course, this beautiful little impressionable girl is bottling everything up inside of herself because the people that are feeding her, keeping her safe, looking after her when the whole family is homeless have continually said, let's not share this with anyone. You just put that beautiful smile on and you put on a brave face and you keep it all together. So of course at 21, you're taking still knocks and pushing all the inner work down because there's probably a part of you that didn't know how to be with it. And it's so conflicting to what you were taught as a little girl. You said it so beautifully, babe. And we always can reflect on our parents. You know, they did the best that they could with what they knew then, right? And one of my biggest learnings from that, and my mum even says to this day now, I wish I was just completely open and honest with you. And she carries guilt more now than ever. And I always remind her how much I love her and how much I forgive her. And I too had to go through what I had to go through. And I guess that's another beautiful message in itself, right? Like we can reflect on our past and say, well, why didn't I have it easy? Why wasn't I given wealth or why wasn't I given English as my first language or why wasn't I able to express myself in certain ways or why wasn't I smart enough, da 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 When really, as I said from the beginning, everyone has a story and that's how we create this beautiful, unique brand and voice to build that empire. But, you know, you're right, babe. There was so many conflicting beliefs that were coming at me and I had to basically relearn so many things to be where I am now and I'm still fucking learning. I'm still navigating so much, but I feel like the difference now is I have no fear of showing people what I'm truly feeling, what I'm going through. I'm transparent and open and honest. I had no sleep last night based on construction work, and yet I still was able to meditate and set the intention and be aware of what was going on and how I was feeling and still be able to be here for you guys because I'm so devoted on my mission, you know? So part of you that says, why didn't I have it easy? Do you believe that you're really grateful that God gave you this journey in the exact way that it was put on your plate with all the hardships? Is there a part of you that's like every pinnacle moment that was really tough was actually put here for my greatest liberation? For a while, I actually hated what I went through. Mm. I had this sensation for a really long time that I was angry with God And I didn't understand for a really long time why I was put on this planet sometimes or what my purpose was. And I remember when I was 15 years old, I used to go to church and this speaker said to me, I can see you speaking on stage. And I was 15. I had no idea what the fuck he was talking about. And I was quite rebellious at that point. But more and more now do I regret anything that's happened in my life and the mistakes I've been through, the hurdles, the challenges. Absolutely not. It's such a big thing that I feel everyone also needs to understand and listen to. Everyone goes through a different path and journey and we learn along the way in different increments and in different time spaces. Some people may be listening and they're just starting their business goals or just starting their healing phase or they're just learning to love themselves again and that's fucking okay. I feel like we all have this incredible energy and knowing and absolute purpose to be able to be who we want to be and regardless of what we've been through. But Now I truly am grateful for what I've been through. Mm, Amazing. So, Tam, you were homeless at 12 and I'm curious at what point in your life did you start to feel like things are clicking? I am starting to achieve quote unquote success. I am feeling turned on, lit up, alive by my mission. What was that point? 2018, I 
had another pinnacle moment and I was six weeks out from my WBFF show. I was going for the pro card. That year, talking about breakups, I went through a really big one and instead of working through it, I ran away to Thailand, met some guy and then that ended and then out of nowhere I experienced very similar something what happened obviously at that audition, another massive wave of like panic and, and almost like everything started to unravel. And in that moment, I went to the therapist. That's when I didn't really have an understanding of healing and other th- ways of working through like the process of emotions. And I was diagnosed with complex post-traumatic stress. And that was six weeks out of my show. And that's when I really learned the power of meditation, the power of the mind, the power of slowing down, the power of healing. I never knew about neurologistic programming. And then out of nowhere, I was listening to every single audiobook on NLP. And because I had six weeks to perform, to be on stage and hopefully win, that was my new way of, I guess, going through this process of I'm doing a show, I'm putting my body under stress, but I really want to focus on my healing journey in the process. And that was the year I won. And that was probably the first taste I had of success from a completely different lens. It wasn't from just a physical aspect, you know, for me, it was more so I felt like I was finally understanding what I was here to do. Before that, I was a fitness coach. And then I started to see that in the fitness world, something needed to change. It wasn't just about the aesthetics and how you looked. Like, yes, I got off the depression, anxiety and sleeping tablets because I found fitness. But when I went through that pinnacle moment where I, again, had to go through another relearning phase of my my healing it was when I started to understand that I really wanted to help women and men from that sort of framework of the mindset and the healing journey from that. And that was true success because it was not just about being a pro. I actually was able to really focus on a new level of healing that I never knew ever existed. And then that was when things started to create momentum. I started to open my eyes on the personal development space, the cause and effect, you know, oh my God, I've been living in victim mentality for so long. How interesting. Law of attraction, law of vibration, come at me universe. Okay. And so that's when I started to see how much I was sort of still in this pain body. I don't know if you've ever read The Power of Now, but I started to realize that there was so much I still had to work through. And the more I worked through that, I felt that level of success just started to grow and grow and grow because of the awareness. Wow. So what would you say, Tamara, I really want to make this digestible and take home now for any woman who's tuning in who's like, fuck, I've got a story. I've got a feeling on my heart of there's something that I'm meant to do that's beyond my nine to five. What would you say is her first step up that mountain? Fuck. I think it's literally declaring something to the universe that something needs to change. And I feel like people forget how powerful it is. Ask and you shall receive. Okay, fuck, you know what? Here I go. I'm going to make a change right now. I want to leave the nine to five. Universe, give me the signs or the opportunities for this to happen. That's probably the first step as digestible as it is. I think it's the awareness piece and taking responsibility and looking at where you can really step into finding your purpose. And I feel like what a great way to begin with is looking to the people you inspire to be like, or at least are inspired by. And it's not about molding everything that they're doing, but see what the steps that they did. I feel like awareness, taking responsibility, asking you shall receive. 
And when you start putting energy into learning new things, the podcasts, looking for a mentor or anything like that, for me, I've learned now because I've done everything on my own. Okay, I want to work with someone or find a mentor that's going to get me up that mountain quicker with the healing process, with the responsibility, with everything as well. Because I find that a lot of people forget how important it is to do things with someone to help along the way. And I'm sure a lot of people listening, you've probably just always just taken everything on your own and decided, you know what, I'm going to just do it by myself. There's beauty in asking for help. So that is what I would do. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I know that you said that you have worked a lot on your money story. You obviously heard a lot about finances from your parents growing up. So that's had to shift dramatically. What would you say to any woman who is living in that lack mentality that wants support, that wants help, that wants to make a change, but based on maybe the conditioning around money that she's received growing up, she has this big fear of leaning in, stepping in, taking that leap. What is it that you would say to that person to support them to overcome their fears and have trust and faith that investing may actually be the thing that supports them to be able to shift dramatically? Good question, babe. I always ask, what is the cost of not investing in a mentor or investing in building your empire? Because that puts a lot of things into perspective. And I find that a lot of signs come from the universe where it's like there's been moments where you wanted to take that leap, but then you go into the excuses of, well, I'm just going to look at all the things of why it's not going to work out. And I find it's reframing and just going, well, what if you could look at 10 reasons why it would work out? And I find that there's, again, a really beautiful way that I feel like everyone who's listening needs to hear this, that everything will always turn out okay, especially if the mission and the commitment to what you're here to do, and it's for a greater cause. I always know that when you just take that leap, it's going to change. But look at all the signs that you've had in your life when you've actually decided to do something scary and you look back and go, oh my God, I didn't die. (laughs) I'm okay. And I feel like we just need to, again, reframe, be reminded, ask for help and look at all the reasons why it will work out. And just remember that there is an expiry date and one day you'll look at your life and you can reflect back and go, why didn't I do that thing? Why didn't I take that leap? And I hope that inspires everyone listening to just fucking do it. (laughs) Oh, I mean, when I invested in my mentor, I was broke. I put everything on hardship. I put my credit cards on hardship my car repayments on hardship. And that was literally the investment that shifted and changed everything. I'm not telling anyone to go into debt to invest in your mentor at all, but I'm just saying that decision for me changed the game for everything. And I will never, ever, ever, ever regret having done it. Everything shifted from that moment forward. I love that you share that, babe. Oh, literally, I think I still owed him seven and a half thousand USD at the end of the program. And I would think about owing my mentor money every single day. And when I went and did his business course, I haven't shared this with many people. I knew I needed to do it. It was COVID and I was dead broke. And he said to me, you're going to have to come up with 500 USD as a deposit to join the program. And once you get paid, you can pay me back. And by that point, I owed him about 13,000 US dollars. I had fucking barely earned that in 13 weeks previously and I made 30 grand in my first month of business and paid him back in that month. That's why I love helping women who feel like they can't make a way to make it happen because all of my money fear was screaming to the surface. Someone supported me to lean in, someone believed in me to lean in and that changed my life. Fuck yeah, babe. Yeah, and that just goes to show when you can make a way out of no way, you'll always find a way. 
Exactly. And asking for help and asking for support. So my question for you is anyone that feels like they're sitting in deep financial scarcity right now and anyone that's potentially really frustrated with their parents for the way in which they spoke about money growing up and feeling like, hey, I'm this 30, 35-year young beautiful woman and I have all this scarcity that is screaming at me and it's really the thing that's holding me back from the life that I desire. I can't live where I want. I can't invest in who I want. I can't invest in that business mentor or that coach or if I do, my nervous system is so stressed out by the thought of actually doing it. What would you say to that woman? What could be a step that she could take to start to make a shift in the space of money mindset? Such a good question. I would begin small with just what you say every day when it comes to money. You might have a bill that pops up and you're like, oh, fuck, there's that bill. It's just a matter of going, oh, wow, how amazing is that I have money to pay this bill? Or when you go to physically pay for your groceries and you've got your card in your hand rather than going, you know, here we go again, tap. It's kind of like that energy around just being so grateful in the frame of like you have money. You are in a position to actually, you know, be able to pay for groceries. And I think it's just having those beautiful languages and energy and physiology around money every single day that can make a massive, significant change from an energy perspective. That's where I would begin because I remember I would get a bill here and there and I would be like, oh, fuck, here we go. And I remember that this was constantly happening and I was like, well, why am I having this friction when it comes to money all the time? And there was almost this anger and bitterness because money is basically a relationship, right? You wouldn't speak to your partner in a way of like, oh, here we go, fucking thank you, babe, for being late again or thank you, babe, for making me dinner. It's like that money gets to put food on the table. It's the gratitude behind it, the energy behind it. And something that actually came up for me recently, I found this amazing journal prompt and it was just like reflecting on your money story and just writing down what money was like for you back when you were younger, what you saw and just reflecting on it and just writing a letter to money and apologizing to money for saying, I'm sorry for the way I spoke about you, for the way I disrespected you. And from there, I would just then look at how you can shift your language around bringing in money into your world by speaking to it in a beautiful way. I would actually test this out and just write beautiful, positive things about money, whether it's just like I was able to buy a cup of coffee today, I was able to shout my partner lunch today, or I was able to pay my team today, just beautiful things like that, just to get into the momentum of how you speak around money and the energy behind it. Mm, I love that. And when I ever write a letter to money, I also speak to money about the relationship that I would love to have with money and how I would love for us to be with each other and play with each other and the fun and the intimacy and the fulfillment. And when I pay my team, I'm just like, oh, I love circulating money to incredible, aligned, powerful women that support me and my clients. I speak about it in such a way that it's not like, oh, I'll just transfer this. I'll just pay that bill. And I love feeling into the energy behind it. I love the way you said that, babe. It's like the relationship for future self and how you get to sort of envision that. It just makes such a massive difference in your life. Oh, it's juicy. I used to get a dollar and put a dollar eighty of fuel into my Jeep to get to my Pilates studio to be able to work. And I remember having this like, oh, feeling about number one, having to like scrape the couches to try and find coins. And number two, being so frustrated, like, oh, I hate putting fuel in my car. And so that prompt that you gave all the women, that was my first step of like, oh my God, how privileged am I 
to put this $1.50.80 of fuel into my car so I can go to Pilates, so I can teach these incredible women how to move their bodies, so I can pay my rent this week. I started to shift it into appreciation. And so everyone's kind of like, oh, how did you make it overnight? I was like, I've been a struggling entrepreneur since I was 21. It was not overnight success. But once I decided to shift from victim, and this is such a hard experience, that energy is what started to call in more of what I actually really desired. I fucking love that, babe. And what's your money language like now, obviously going through the process of, you know, victim mindset, scarcity and fear to now when it comes to money? Yeah, the same. I feel like money is infinite all around me and it's an untapped resource that we all have access to, that we can all cultivate, create. For me, if someone was like, here's $10 million tomorrow, Rebecca, like, great, I'm going to do exactly what I do in my life on an even bigger scale and I'm going to be able to help more women. I'm going to be able to blow up my podcast. I'm going to be able to create more work for more women to break through and break free. So I know based on that, because I've actually been taught that by someone, if you were handed all the money in the world, what would you do with your life? And I think having that reflection, like I know I'm not going to go to Mykonos and drink cocktails for two weeks. I get bored. Like after a few days, I'd be done with it. And then I'd be like, all right, now take me back to my life and let me do what I'm really good at because I love doing it. So I think that's a powerful tool for anyone who's kind of unsure about what to do with your life. If you got 10 million bucks tomorrow, what would you do? It's funny. I have to add this in. Yeah, please. Just with what you said, babe, you know, for a while there, when I obviously brought in a lot of money in my business at the start, the energy behind that was I was just working to make money because for a while there, money didn't really exist in my world when I was a little girl. And so when I started working, I grew really quickly. And because I just focused on money, I was really quick to self-sabotage it because I also didn't work through not feeling good enough to be able to deserve the money. And that was another layer of what I had to go through as well for anyone listening, that if I just worked for the money, I knew that that was going to come back in a really icky facade way. And when I worked through a lot of the self-worth stuff that I had around money and myself and the end goal being to serve, the money became the byproduct for myself. I just had to drop that in. (laughs) Oh my God, I love you and I have had such similar journeys. I had a very similar thing once I learned how to create money, going from so much debt and not being able to pay my rent, almost needing to go to government benefits. Well, that's essentially what needed to happen during COVID, which was the rug from under my feet to actually create my business. I hadn't done the work to be able to hold money. So I had this neural pathway of like, oh, this is how I create it. My rent is paid. And then I had one year in business. Obviously, I was creating from survival. Even though I knew that I had more than enough money to pay my rent, I had this deep fear in my nervous system of, oh my God, it's going to take me back to that place where I can't pay my rent again. And I had one year where I invested in two mentors that didn't look after me and I blew an incredible amount of money and it taught me I haven't done the work on my money to be able to hold it. I can create it, but I didn't feel worthy enough. I wasn't coming from the energy of worth and creation and this beautiful receivership energy to be able to hold it. So it fell through my fingertips. Yes. Yes. We need a talk, girl. So I love that we're on the conversation of money and I know that a lot of people feel like money will create the happiness that maybe they're not currently experiencing I also know the incredible work that you do in the world to support entrepreneurs to increase their wealth, to share their story, to be able to impact more humans. So I guess my question for you is, Tam, do you believe that money will be the thing that makes us happy? Such a fucking hard question because I do believe 
it's part of it. But at the end of the day, what makes us truly happier is when we're on our mission, we know who we are as our sole purpose in life. I find that when we're truly connected into our heart center and we're committed and devoted to what we're truly here to do in the world, that is what I find makes us happy. The money part though, that's where I'm also like, it is a part of happiness, but it's not the main or the whole thing at the end of the day for myself. But I find what's shifted in me recently was people think like, how the fuck are you doing what you're doing every single day? Are you not burnt out? And I find because I'm just so in my mission every single day and just so devoted to it, I have so much energy regardless of what's going on. And that for me feels so much more powerful than just being focused on the money. Mm, I love that. Before I ask you my final question, how do you stay so devoted to your mission and show up no matter what? You know, it's funny. I did a message to my clients today because of what I was saying to you guys just before we had construction last night and I was like, fuck, we didn't sleep. And even though the sleep was shocking, I could have easily gone, well, I haven't fucking slept. I am so fucking tired, da, 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 da. And because I'm really big on routine, I'm really big on habits. I still focused on my intention, the meditation as well, really focusing on gratitudes. And I know this seems like basic shit for anyone listening, but I truly believe it's the stuff that we do on repeat is a true reflection of how we get to start our day and how we finish it. And because of the lack of sleep yesterday, but because I stay true to what I'm here to do, I feel so much better than how I had gone to bed with no sleep. So I find routines really important, setting the intention for myself. And I find that making sure that you do tap into your feminine energy, I find is really important. I'm a very masculine person when it comes to business, but for me, I know when I'm outside, I'm in the sun. I speak to the universe in regards to guiding me through how my day is going to go. I always ask, how can I be of service for my clients? How can I be a good fucking leader at the end of the day? And how can I still be working from a place of love rather than just focusing on being in my mind or in my ego as well? And that for me, I find has helped me show up the routine, the habits, the discipline, but also the trust. It's like I always say that the feminine energy requires a masculine structure for us to be able to flow and flourish within it. But as women, we're responsible for creating that strong, grounded, masculine structure. So that sounds like routine and healthy discipline, healthy productivity. And then because you have that light structure around you, it gives you space for your beautiful feminine to flourish and thrive in the middle your creativity, your connecting to your faith, connecting to source, universe, God, standing with your feet in the grass, out in the sunshine, allowing yourself to receive. So I love that because we're responsible for both energies. 100% babe. And you know, as well, when it comes to feminine, because people are like, well, how do you just tap into it? Sometimes it's just a matter of putting on your favorite track, dancing around like an absolute mm. headless chook. And sometimes it is just going through and being in nature and being grounded, find what works for you. And I think that's really important. Yeah, I have this whole thing about the internet telling women how to be feminine and then women coming to me and saying, I'm not feminine based on this Instagram story that I watch or this meme that I read or this post. And I say to them, you're a fucking woman. You are feminine, even if society now has this whole story about what is or is not feminine. And so I feel femininity is us connecting even deeper with our own truth and setting ourselves up in such a beautiful way so our authenticity can shine. 
you couldn't have said it better. Oh my God, mic drop right there. I love, I love, love, love that. Why do we only have 45 minutes? <laughs> I know. My team always likes to kick my butt if it's longer, but I know we'll definitely talk again. Tamara, Maya, I finish every single podcast with the same question. What does it mean uniquely to you to be raw, real and vulnerable in your own life? The first thing that comes up for me, I just heard truth. It means you get to be your authentic self unapologetically. You have the opportunity to speak truth. You are there to just open the gates for other people when you are raw and vulnerable, when you are stepping into this beautiful space It allows other people to do the same and I just find that it becomes a permission slip for other people to see how beautiful it is for you to just be open and willing to just show all parts. I truly feel that the more I share my vulnerable life story and show that I'm not perfect and I make mistakes and I swear and I have moments where I'm triggered. I have moments where I question myself. I have moments where there is imposter syndrome or there is fear of judgment or fear of being seen. But when you're open to being yourself, it just allows other people to do the same. And true connection and true authenticity is where we all start to really connect and show love. Amen to that. My love, it has been so amazing connecting with you. I have literally loved this time that I've got to share with you. For anyone that would love to come more into the world of your queendom, how do we find you? Well, my Instagram is Tamara My Coach and my podcast is Keys to the Queendom. And just DM me. I'm always happy to have a conversation and chat. And if you ever want to work with me as well, I have a new Queen Stream University that gets you from having no idea what your business is to then building an online business in eight weeks, if anyone wants to know more about that. But again, always happy to chat on DM. Um, Yeah, that's me. (laughs) You're amazing, my love. Thank you so much for your time today. No, you're amazing. And thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, firstly, I love your eagerness. And secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, you won't want to miss this episode. 